Good afternoon, everyone. Today is Thursday, February 10th. We are here in the SAR Academy conference room. Um, good news is we have a vacation coming up, so uh, so we're just trying to get a few things in before the vacation. Um, we This is our third episode of opening up SAR Academy's podcast. I want to thank Al Baker, the Director of Communications, for making this happen. I want to thank our tech team uh, for putting this all together and making sure that we can be heard. Um, and I want to thank our guests who I'll introduce in a moment. Uh, my name is Benny Kraus. I have very, two very special guests today. Um, and we're going to talk about, uh, about a topic that is, I think, deeply important. Um, you might say sensitive, but it's, 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 it's critical to, to the future of of, of where our kids are going to be, and I think it's it's healthy uh, to talk about it openly, and I think we have the people here um, who are the right people to talk about. Jack Bentheim is the president of SAR and has been in this role for? I think something like 35 years, but not 100% sure. Okay, I'm, I've been here for 17, and I know that my predecessors spoke fondly of you then, um, and, and on behalf of this entire community, we are grateful to you um, for what you do here. Why, why are you still doing this? I do it because this gives me a lot of pleasure. Uh, you get a lot of. I mean, you're you're running a business. You're involved in American politics, Israeli politics. Right. But, I mean, SAR is great, but I, but I, I, I want to. I think the success of SAR, which is not due to me, but is definitely due to the principals and all the staff, uh, has given me and not just me, other people on the board, a lot of pleasure in terms of the continued success the growth, the success, um, and listen, there are always problems. There's problems in a business, there are problems, definitely problems in the school. But I think we can point to the success to show that people recognize there are some problems, but they still want to come here, they will send their kids here. In some cases, they want to send their grandchildren here. Um, and, that, and that's great. I mean, our problem today is the other side of the problem, which is we're full. And there is a point of one has to be careful, I think, in a school of just not keeping growing. Right. And I should say, I mean, I, I, I missed this at the beginning. You're actually, now you're a grandparent of how many kids? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a grandparent of 36 how kids. How many other SAR students? And um, six. The, other, the others were not accepted or they're, they're living other places? The others chose to live in New Jersey. So they pay that price, and when you live in New Jersey, you can't I go to SAO. Well, seriously, we're, we're very, very grateful for for the role that you play here. Um, and I, I know you don't like to talk about you, but it's made a difference to so many people, generations of kids. Um, and we'll get back to you um, in a second. I'm also here with Deborah May, who graduated SAR in? 1985. So a year after I graduated SAR. We were both, SAR was pretty, pretty you know, flexible with our graduation requirements. So we both graduated. I mean, with me, they were flexible. With you, you graduated. I graduated. Um, we both we both graduated in the eight, in the eighties. I was here for three years. You were here for longer. I was here from four year nursery. And you came back when? I came back in August of two thousand three. Okay, so you so you have been I've been here seventeen. You've been here for um, my, your math is better than mine. That's why we that's why you're it's here. Nineteen years. Nineteen that. years. Um, and um, and we're very grateful to you as the, as the executive director of SAR since two thousand and three. Um, a lots has happened. We're going to talk about that. Lots has happened since two thousand and three. But um, to have a principal, I can speak for myself, and an executive director, and so many teachers who are graduates of the school, I think Jack is something that we're that we're also pretty proud of. It's that's that's a nice thing. Absolutely, I think it's something to be proud of. Right. 
Right. So the, the previous conversations were very different from each other, and I think this is going to be a third just different conversation. Um, we spoke with Boris Sarah Richter about teaching Hanukkah to your kids. That was our first episode. Um, we spoke to uh, Dr. Josh Milner and Dr. Tina Lerner about the vaccines and how that impacts our community. Obviously, we are not yet out of the woods with corona, although I th do think we're entering a different stage, but we're not going to talk about that tonight. Um, and tonight, um, we had a board meeting this week. Um, we approved the budget for, the board approved the budget for next year. Um, this is the board, we have three board meetings a year. We have about six executive committee meetings a year. And this is the board meeting where we talk about tuition. And, you know, Jack, like you, know, like you said, you've been doing this, whether it's 30 years or 40 years or somewhere in between, um, you've been doing this for a long time. So I'm interested in your very, very broad view of like, how has this meeting gone over the last 40 years? And how has it changed over the last 40 years? How has the conversation been different? So the conversation, I think, has evolved. And when we have these board meetings, we also talk about the increases of salaries to teachers and staff. And I think the board, the executive committee, everyone recognizes that the school is going only going to be as good as their teachers, okay. and we also appreciate that deciding to become a teacher or to be involved uh, in a Jewish day school is not the place you're gonna earn the most money. Uh, but we all feel it's our obligation that it shouldn't be the kind of job that you can't take because you're not gonna be able to put food on the table or get, get housing or could take vacations. Mm -hmm. So, and that's the sort of, that's the rub in a way that we know when we raise salaries, it also means sort of immediately we have to raise tuitions. Okay. And tuition is, I think in all the years and all the board meetings, it's the common denominator of discussions. And every year we say to ourselves, how can we keep raising tuitions? Every year we do the math. And the math for our community is an average of four kids. Right. And if you look at the tuitions, I mean, look at the... At the You're talking about the right? 25,000? Okay, right, rough so, numbers. 25,000 right, so school. Right, you look at the sticker price. Of, let's say $25,000 in elementary. Four kids, $100,000 after yeah, tax. Correct. So there you are on January 1st. And before you've paid any food for the year, before you've paid your rent, before you've contemplated vacation, you, are paying, you have to earn approximately, two, in living in New York City, approximately $200,000 in order to send your kids to school. Which already puts you in the top something of, I don't know, it's 3% or 7%. It's, 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 a, it's a crazy number. And the number, in amazing ways, falls unfairly on people who can afford it. Right, because people, parents who cannot afford it, we have a scholarship program, and I think from the beginning uh, of, of time, and going back to Ludie Jesselson and Edmund Lang, who were the founders here, and Yitz Greenberg, we've always always said, and I think we've done it, that no one gets turned away because they can't afford it. So there's no scholarship budget. There's no scholarship budget, which I think is different from many other schools. Um, we also, I think the scholarship committee runs in a very anonymous and very decent way. Mm -hmm. 
We don't call parents in for interviews. So we're not looking to embarrass anybody. But basically, if you can't afford it, you'll get help from the school to send your kids here. So we just approved the budget, but we have no, I, I wouldn't say we have no idea. We obviously have history, but we don't, we didn't approve as a line item. We're going to give out X amount of dollars in scholarship for next year because right. it doesn't matter because. Well, it does, but we, we have an estimate of a history. Right. I mean, if there are, if there are, you know, forgetting, you know, ELC, if you're from first to eighth, you have seven years of experience. Right. Um, so. So I would say, just to add to what you're saying, it's not so much that there isn't a budgeted number. We, of course, plug a number in the budget. We have to kind of figure out we where we're going. But when I meet with the scholarship committee, they don't care about that number. Okay. In other words, they're operating based on the need that they see and kind of uh, assessing the and need that's the mandate that and they fulfilling have. the need. That's their mandate. So every once in a while, there may be a curiosity. Deborah, how much scholarship has the committee awarded so far in our mm -hmm. meetings? And mm -hmm. I can answer that question. But they're not using that scholarship number as a guide for how much they can give out. Right. And that is different from, uh, I actually don't want to say, uh, I think there I are don't know. Jewish I, schools that, that do I, the same thing, but it might be different from other schools. But let's demystify this for a second. I mean, how, how much scholarship are we giving out? So this year, the committee will be giving out close to uh, around $8 million in scholarship. $8 million in scholarship. It's a big number. It's a big number. Now, again, it's a big number of, of, of uh, a bigger number, which is, a, which is our, our, our budget, which has grown over the years. And Jack, you know, the, the legend is that, that, that there used to be kind of the Riverdale, right, the, the Riverdale community, you and sat around a table like this at the end of the year, and you're like, okay, well, we gave out excellent scholarship. And it's totally not true. Oh, okay, great. So It's totally not don't, true. We don't have to talk about the legend because it didn't even happen. No, it never happened. But it used to be easier. It w listen, when the numbers are smaller, it's always, <laughs> right. it's always easier. Right. But the budget this year is close to $42 million. Right. Uh, and that means we're spending $42 million. Right. And that's, that's one line. It's an easy line. And the majority of that spend is salaries and benefits. Okay. Uh, how you get it, how you raise it, is through lots of different lines of, mm -hmm. of state grants and foundation grants and individual grants, et cetera, et cetera. The most amazing thing is, and as I was saying earlier, that the Jewish community over these last 30, 40 years, has become a wealthier community. Right. And people, the majority, I mean, we get 50% of our students get scholarships, which also means that 50% of our students don't get scholarships. Right. Both of those are interesting numbers. Right? Yeah, but, I, but the crisis, which I started alluding to earlier, is a crisis of that part of the 50% that can afford scholarships that creates huge pressure on the family. That someone's sitting in his job and they're in the top one or 2% people paid in the United States and all the friends are talking about their Caribbean vacations mm -hmm. and they can't do it. Even though they're, Even they, they, they're going, everyone's they're, telling them how successful they are. Right, because they have, they can't send their kids to public school. Right. Um, and you live in Scarsdale, the best public school district in the country. And you have to go and schlep your kids. Pay the tax <laughs> And schlep your kids down to SAR. Um, and it, it is a crisis. And that was my question. There is a crisis. What's the crisis? Well, that's a crisis. The crisis is that our parent body that is struggling to pay and want to pay mm -hmm. 
and counting on maybe their grandparents to help the kids. So that diminishes over time because it's, it's, you know, it's long multiplication that you have four kids, but you have four kids, you each have four kids, sure. that's 16. <laughs> right. That doesn't work right. eventually. And it's something that the Jewish community obviously needs to do. Mm-hmm. But where SAR has been very successful is that percentage of people who can easily afford it and delivering a product to them, which is so good that even though they've just spent $200,000 pre-tax and sending their kids to the school, that they're happy, and I would say it's happy, to dig into their pockets to support the school and right. support, in many ways, what people might consider extras. Right. And what we've seen over the years to become the, the, the fundamental part of the school right. that you don't need to deny yourself anything. We have whatever club you, you're thinking of. I'm not sure we do skiing because we'll it, talk about that. No, we don't have a ski. I don't think we have a ski club. Yeah, yeah. No, but but the high so, school has an ice hockey team, but I don't think we have a ski club. Okay, but sort of everything else. So you're able, literally, to look those fellow workers in the eye, and say, "Yes, you're living in Scottsdale. You're paying. Well, I'm living with you in Scottsdale. We're paying this enormous real estate tax, enormous, and I'm doing this extra." But my kids are getting a phenomenal education, not you know, as good okay. as a Scottsdale education. So you told me that there is a crisis, which I appreciate, and the crisis is that this is really hard for, I guess you're going to say the people in the middle, right? In other words, if people, there might be people who are on scholarship no matter what. There might be people who could afford it no matter what. But there's a big group of people in the middle who actually are really not actually, but are really struggling. To do this now, I want to I want to break this down for a second because I think if you talk about the cost of education per child, um, we are we're like within a range. It doesn't mean that they're you know I don't think we're at an extreme. Twenty five thousand dollars is is pretty much within the range of what it costs in New York City. It's less than what it costs in Scarsdale to educate a child in a school. That's what it costs. The question is, and the fact is, there's a separation of church and state in this country, which means that if you choose to go to private school, the government's not going to pay for that, although we'll talk about government funding in a second. Um, But that doesn't mean that people can afford it. And I guess my question to you, Jack, is like, what are the values here? You know, some people have said, um, why are we, you know, it's great, SAR is amazing, but why, you know, not everyone can afford a Cadillac. Why why do we think that everyone should have a Cadillac when maybe we should get get along with a Chevy? Um, and that's why there's been a network of schools that have been trying to say, you know what, we can't do 25, we're going to do 15 or 12 or 18. Um, and what's the philosophy here about that? Because you said, you know, we have everything. Like, do we have to have everything? Should we have everything? No one needs to have everything. That's that simple. But I think by having the programs that we have, we've been able to attract people, as I said earlier, who, in that 50%, let's assume they represent 20 of the 50, uh, and they're so thrilled that they will help the other, the other 30 and, most importantly, help the second 50. Mm-hmm. In other words, make, make it all available, and then this school becomes a, such an attractive pl- place. And, it's, and that seems to have happened to you. It has happened, and it's better for the teachers. I mean, you know... 
I don't, I don't want to be the president of a school that charges the most in tuition. I would like to be the president of a school that pays the most in salaries to teachers. Okay. Uh, and because of that, has the best teachers available. You know, we all, we all know the percentages and everything else. It's not easy uh, to, be, to be an Orthodox Jew. It's not easy to go out in this world. And the world is far more challenging today than it was when I, I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Because there, there are fewer options. I mean, literally, there are everything. Everything's available, and the school's having a big starting vacation Saturday night or Sunday. And I'm sure if someone goes out to Park City, they're going to meet SAR uh, parents and students on the hill, and and doing it in the right way, and a range of kosher food to come out, and see to it that there's a minion, and all the things that we want, and that's part of it. Do you think there's a problem with our community? Is, there, is our community out of touch with reality, or are we lucky? Are we? No, I think we work very, very, very hard. Uh, our parents work very, very hard, uh, as does everyone else in our society today. I mean, we, our community has not to, has decided not to opt out. So they've been they've decided to be totally involved, involved in their communities, involved in their jobs. So there are no barriers. I mean. The greatness of America is there are no barriers for people who decided that don't call me on Saturday. But other than that, I'm available and I'll come in on Sunday. And, you know, cover for me on Rosh Hashanah, I'll cover for you on Christmas. And it's all accepted. It's all available. And I think SRI plays a role in that. Those are our parents. Those are our kids. And it's done, as I said, a great job. And you asked me why am I doing it so long? Because I get greatest satisfaction. Okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to quote some members of our finance committee, Noah Weisberger, and Noah, you'll forgive me for, for being quoted on this podcast. So we'll, we'll edit you out if you, if you insist. But I think you should. <laughs> Noah always talks about the levers. Um, I want to thank Steve, Steve Newworth, who's the chairman of our finance committee. Our finance committee works really hard on actually looking at these numbers. You talk about $42 million of expenses. We should be looking at that. We should make sure that we're doing it responsibly. Um, but what, what Noah's always said is the, there aren't that many levers, right? If you want to change the model, the three levers, I think, are there really two levers? One of them is expenses, one of them is revenues, right? If you want to change the model, you have to either lower your expenses or you have to increase your revenues. And the reason why I say three is because the lowering the expenses is just lowering expenses, cost cutting. And maybe you could divide, divide that into two, Deborah, right? You could talk about this cost cutting on, you know, getting a new utility company, and there's cost cutting on changing the personnel structure, right? And on the revenue side, the levers are also pretty simple. This fundraising, this year uh, on the operating on the operating side, there's about $4.5 million of, of fundraising that SAR does, and we, maybe, you know, Jack could talk about whether whether we could do more or, we sh- or, or less or whatever. And there's government funding, which, Jack, you've also been very involved with through Teach New York State and through your, you know, your, your, your belief that, um, that we can uh, perhaps support or, or maybe, I don't know if we could solve the crisis, but we can make the crisis a little bit, we can abate the crisis a little bit through, through government funding. But that's basically, that's, that's basically it. There's um, a, there is yeah. a third. Okay, what is it? There is a third. And if I'll leave government funding to the side right now, but if you look at all the great schools, universities, even high schools in the United States, people have managed over their 40, 50, 60, maybe 100 year existence to build up huge endowment funds. Okay. Uh, which then throw, out, throw off money which supports the school. So I dare say 
most kids who go to Harvard don't pay full tuition. You dare say. Yes, I dare say. I didn't even go to Harvard to say, dare, mm-hmm. dare say. Uh, they get supported by the school. There are a plethora of um, scholarship programs available. And I think they say, when, they, when you go to these open houses at Harvard or Columbia, they say, don't be shocked by the sticker price. It's just a sticker price. In other words, they expect people to understand that, that whatever the tuition is, which is enormous, um, is not what most people are paying, not what half the amount Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, so on average, people who graduate from those great schools with big endowments are left with lower student loans than if they go to a, a smaller school somewhere, state schools that are with lower tuition. So I think that's what we need to do. People have said it for a long time, but I think the community in these last three, four, five years has done so well. We need the people who can afford it to step to the plate and start creating big endowments for our community. Now, our community is a, is a hard community to afford, to support, because everyone basically says, why support them? Why support them? I just saw the guy in uh, Park City, Utah, skiing. Right. But we're in that community. We're, we're out there. And it's always, you can always feel good supporting, you know, people who are not as active as we are in, in the economy of the United States. But what you want is the, to build the infrastructure, to build the, the, the kids that get out there that ultimately will support you and ultimately will support what you believe in and support the schools you believe in that will go on Aliyah. Um, move to Israel for those who didn't get that. Um, so I think there's a strong argument. We, we, we have, we're not done it. We haven't done it yet. But well, we've, we've started, Jack, right? We've, we've started to How's build our endowment um, over the last three years. Mm-hmm. I think our endowment has grown by $4 million. Dollars. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, that's, those numbers are huge numbers. Part of that was thanks to the UJA, which was involved in their endowment program, and to several donors who really stepped up for SAR. And what we see is those numbers make a difference in terms of what our draw then is from the endowment, which goes straight back into our operating budget, which is what Jack is really talking about. Ultimately, if we could really multiply those numbers by 10, that's when it would really make a difference exactly. and really impact sure. our overall structure. So I think we talked about we, uh, 10 years ago, we were about three, $3 million in our endowment. Now we're at 15, $15 million. It sounds like and is a lot of money, but if it, you know, the reason why it's all too hard to raise money for endowment is because we need to pay for tomorrow, right? So it's always been hard because $15 million brings in 5%. So, I mean, what are you looking at to, to really make a dent? Well, so the dream. Yeah. The dream would be that SAR can continue raising salaries and no longer raise tuition. That's a great dream. Um, wake up. Hmm? And you have to wake up. But you have to wake up and say, okay, is there a possibility? And even if you don't accomplish 100%, 80% of that number is a big number also. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge number. It's a number, basically, it, it was something like, did some calculations the other day, something like $150 million endowment, okay. now, which could start throwing off those numbers at 5%, and then still be compounding at a greater, because it's a huge number, and the number only gets bigger. Right. Um, 
And if you had that kind of endowment, what you would do, what you would do with it would be to slow, slow this tuition increase problem. Again, if you had enough, I'd freeze it. Mm-hmm. Because in the reality, if you can freeze it, that 20 years from now, the tuition would be 50% of what it is today. And then everything will look very different. So, yes, it is a dream, and but it's a dream that is possible. I mean, you just need the, you know, you need the right source. And to me, in a, another crazy idea, if I was a state of Israel, I'd be supporting these schools. Right. Not all the schools, but I'd be supporting the schools that send kids. To Jewish people, right? Send kids to Israel. Mm-hmm. Because that, that inures to my benefit. And they can tax. I mean, they have... They have unlimited ability to raise money. Okay. Again, I, you know, I'm not going to get involved with Israeli politics, but it, it's possible within our community, within the United States, there are not that many schools like SAR. Mm-hmm. And, and these are the schools, and our graduates are the graduates that will make a difference to the life of the community, the Jewish community going forward. So you, you might have answered the question. I'm, I'm going to try to, to, to end, end with this, Jack. Um, and I, and I want to talk about SIR, but I also want to talk about because I know that you care about the whole, the whole world and the whole Jewish world. Like, are you bullish on this enterprise? We talked about, you, you said there is a crisis. Um, we have a thousand, you know, we have a thousand kids in elementary school. We got 1,600 kids in the institution. We're pretty much at capacity here at SIR. Um, but, but that's not without pain. Um, do you feel like you know, it is interesting to me. I don't, I don't think we're hearing tuition crisis as much. Maybe that's just going to change today's school affordability. I don't think the crisis has gone away. But I guess, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. You know, you said 20 years. Are you bullish on the next 20 years in terms of this whole system being able to sustain itself? Or, or do we need, like, a, a massive reset? It's a simple answer because there is no other system. I don't think we have a lot of choice uh, in dealing with our own kids. And again, as I said earlier, we run risks, and our parents run risks. We, we run an, sort of an open school. Mm-hmm. We, our kids are open to, to a lot, which means that we do lose a percentage or maybe even a significant percentage of our kids uh, to everything that's going on out there. Mm-hmm. Closing ourselves off from the society, I don't think it would help us. I think we only gain and we only will grow if we participate in the society. And I'll give a a great shout out to America. There is no other country like this country uh, that has created this great opportunities, wonderful opportunities for all its citizens. There are lots of problems. And I think, and, and Benny, you know, we speak about it often, I think it's important for our school to open ourselves up to people in our society who have not done as well. People in our society uh, who maybe they came to America or differently um, than, than our parents did or our grandparents did, but we can take from what we've done and we could be helpful we live with schools in the Bronx. We could be helpful to schools in the Bronx uh, that still suffer from single-family homes, still suffer from parents going, sending their kids to school just to get breakfast. Right. Right? 
we need to integrate ourselves to the, that community and then with us because it, it, it inures to our benefit. You know, we will do better and we will be a stronger community if we live among the community and not try to isolate ourselves. I mean, I think that you know, you, you've, you've kind of maybe introduced our next podcast, an interesting, not an interesting, important topic. I mean, we've spoken about this, as you said, a lot. Um, you know, we were open last year. We were very proud to be open last year, but most of the schools around us were. Um, so we feel, we feel very blessed, and maybe that's, that's just an illustration of how important this enterprise is for our own community. But I think it's also important to recognize um, that, that we can and we should and we need to challenge ourselves to be to be involved with the people around us and you know unfortunately sometimes it happens with you know with tragedy or with hard things there was a fire a couple weeks ago in the Bronx and this community and Ariel Wiener is one of our uh, very involved lay leaders and parent volunteers literally you know to move mountains to, to make a difference here over over a couple of days and, and to connect with them um, but I think there's a, there's a lot more that, that we can do so I appreciate you 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 focusing us on on that value because it's not just about us it's really about it's about being you know the val the values that I think we we try to teach our kids every day and and, and believing in that right um, Deborah May our executive director thank you very very much not only for being here that's 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 a half hour but for for what you do every day um, to you. make this it's enterprise. a privilege thank you thank you very much and to Jack um, for your we haven't figured out but around thirty five years of service and uh, it's time it's time to go. Don't go. Never. Don't go. Thank you very much, all. Have a great, great night.